Are you uh, sure you know where the impound yard is? Oh, stop stalling. Come on. I can't think. It's all this noise. Or is it because I've built a stronghold around Greenland? I've driven you out of Western Europe? And I've left you teetering on the brink of complete annihilation. I'm not beaten yet. I still have armies in the Ukraine. <laughs> the Ukraine. You know what the Ukraine is? It's a sitting duck. A road apple, Newman. The Ukraine is weak. It's feeble. I think it's time to put the herd on the Ukraine. I come from Ukraine. You not say Ukraine weak. Yeah, well, we're playing a game here, pal. Ukraine is game to you. How about I take your little borders? It's another episode of The Plunge. Believe me, I want to talk about Jeffrey Epstein, but we're going to move on. Uh, Sam and Rachie join uh, me here today. How are you both? Live from the swamp. And I'm doing very swell. Um, I'm a black female Bernie supporter, so I've been in hiding for about two months, but I'm ready Cut to the mic. get out Cut there. Cut the mic! <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, this, the tone has been the tone has been set by our in, our intro clip from Seinfeld. At once again, the Ukraine, or just Ukraine. I think Ukraine means border in you know the Ukrainian language. So that's why people call it the Ukraine, as if it's like the Bronx or something. But uh, but no, we're we're talking about the Ukraine, the or Ukraine, whichever you prefer. In this episode, it feels especially apt to pick that clip because we are also going to be discussing the confluence of sort of brainless New Yorkers with a ukrainian absolutely by brainless new yorkers we're of course referring to you know the big wet boy donald trump but you know his personal confidant his his liege his how do we describe rudy giuliani's relationship with donald trump i mean these are boys these are pals these are I mean, he isn't unofficially his attorney, or is he actually like retained by him as an attorney? We will never know. <laughs> <laughs> Rachie, your thoughts on Rudolph Giuliani uh, as kind of as a public figure, a politician? I, I mean, what's your what's your impression of how he's doing? Uh, As a Beltway insider, and by that I mean I had a Senate internship when I was in high school, I do have the inside scoop on Rudy Giuliani, of course. Um, And I will say that Rudy seems to be either off his meds, which is not offensive because I'm also on meds, or... Uh, his girlfriend left him, his wife already left him, and I'm just trying to pinpoint where this anger came from, and that's all I can come up with. Well, so Dan and I are New Yorkers, or, you know, we're from Jersey, but we're like tri-state area people, and we grew up with Rudy, for lack of a better term. I mean, he was mayor of New York, like, during most of our childhood, I would say. Like, what do people in D.C. think of Rudy Giuliani? (laughs) This is more of my question, because, Rachel, you're from the D.C. area. Like, what, what do people here think about the man? Yeah, unfortunately, I am born and raised in Arlington, Virginia, and I will say that um, we watched a 9-11 movie, and 
it completely excluded the Pentagon, but people in D.C. feel like the attack on the Pentagon was just as bad as what happened in New York, which is not All true, right. but that's what yeah. we believe. So we're like, Rudy was America's mayor. He was robbing the Pentagon and New York and the World Trade Center during 9-11. We consider him to be a hero of 9-11 because it hit us real hard. They attacked uh, a government office building, and that's the worst thing you can do in, in the D.C area is stop the government from functioning which is hilarious to me because we as new yorkers i don't think we even really think about the pentagon when we think about 9 11 i mean part of me is like you know the the pentagon i'm not saying that like the people who died ne there needed to die but they it is an actual military target at least yeah, all the people who died in the Pentagon were like defense contractors as opposed to the World Trade Center where people were like private citizens doing potentially legitimate work. Uh, so, yeah. Like comedian Steve Ranazzizzi. <laughs> and Pete Davidson's dad. Pete Davidson's dad was actually there, whereas Steve Ranazzizzi claimed he was there and then had to <laughs> later apologize and admit that he was lying. Oh, God. Damn. Maybe that's the boost I need for my uh, government consulting career is just being like, hey, I was there at the Pentagon when 9-11 happened. I was eight, but I was there in the trenches. Pay me more. Would that make you a crisis actor? Is that like what Alex Jones is talking about? Well, because I'm a black woman, they would just call me a liar and a harlot. But yeah, same thing. <laughs> All right. So we have Rudy Giuliani, at least where we grew up, he, he was revered. He was like the, not just, he, he, he was like a local hero. It felt, I, I mean, this guy was respected and it has been interesting to see the unraveling of Rudy Giuliani, uh, at least his reputation among like liberal types who didn't really care about his reputation as like a kind of just a shitty run-of-the-mill republican mayor i will tell you in the dc area the washington post had like huge headlines that said uh america's mayor and then pictures of rudy giuliani so we're like he's fighting for all of us so yeah that that's the rudy we know is like the post 9-11 rudy but you know this generation is getting a whole different strain of rudy i mean like we had the sativa activist uh, you know <laughs> fighting 9-11 running around like still had some of his brain cells left rudy giuliani but kids these days they got like they have the indica rudy rudy is like his brain is completely addled and it's a narcotic at this point exactly so now we're we need to explain why what how he figures in to the current discourse so of course we all saw the whistleblower complaint about Trump making a call to Ukrainian President Zelensky, asking him basically to dig up dirt on Joe Biden. And we'll go into like what dirt they think that they are going to be able to dig up on Biden. But what's crucial is that this complaint states that Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, was a key figure and personal envoy to Trump in his attempts to reach out to the Ukrainian authorities. It's interesting that Rudy Giuliani was definitely fancying himself a sort of national security expert because he was mayor during 9-11 mm -hmm. uh, and definitely saw himself as 
worthy of the uh, Secretary of State job uh, in this role was it was a way for Trump basically to act outside, have someone acting outside of the government, but sort of representing the government uh, rather than sending his own, uh, you know, diplomats to do this thing. Right. And the capacity in which Giuliani works for Trump is entirely unknowable. We've joked frequently about how the people who work for Trump are willing to accept like Chuck E. Cheese tokens or whatever the fuck uh, Trump pays them in because we know, of course, historically Trump doesn't pay anybody anything. So the people who are willing to do his dirty work, they receive some alternative form of payment or compensation. But in the whistleblower's report, it's stated that Giuliani traveled to Madrid to meet with uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine's advisors, Andrei Yermak, one, or sorry, one of his advisors, Andrei Yermak. And um, U.S. officials characterize this as a direct follow-up to the president's call with Zelensky about the cases that they had discussed, the case obviously being this allegation that Joe Biden got a prosecutor general of Ukraine fired in order to protect his son, Hunter Biden, who was collecting like 50 grand a month for at serving as a board member of Burisma Holdings, which is this massive natural gas provider in Ukraine. And uh, separately, according to the whistleblower, multiple U.S. officials had told him that Giuliani had reported privately to and reached out to a variety of other Zelensky advisors, including his chief of staff, Andriy Bowden, and acting chairman of the security service of Ukraine, Ivan Bakanov. Uh, It's not known whether they met or spoke with Giuliani, but... He, the whistleblower claims that he was told separately by multiple U.S. officials that Yermak and Bakunov had intended to come to Washington in mid-August. Uh, so, and later on, it goes on to say that Giuliani had met at least twice with Yuri Lutsenko, who is the current prosecutor general of Ukraine. He he uh, was one who replaced Viktor Shokin, who was the guy that Joe Biden supposedly pressured to get fired to protect his his big wet son, Hunter Biden. But uh, of course, like the president did not has denied this. And Rudy has like sort of denied this. But then later on, he's kind of gone back on this and said that he's actually a whistleblower. And uh, it's worth that also Rudy himself is a whistleblower. Yes, that Rudy is the real whistleblower. And we'll, we'll go into all that insanity that he's been <laughs> spewing lately. But uh, apparently Giuliani has been doing business in Ukraine since 2008 when he was a consultant to a heavyweight boxer named Vitaly Klitschko, uh, <laughs> who was running for mayor of Kiev, uh, the capital city of Ukraine at the time. Uh, and apparently more recently, Giuliani's company Security and Safety uh, worked for the Ukrainian-Russian developer Pavel Fuchs, who we also ha- I have some information <laughs> on him later. Uh, not Fuchs. Fr- <laughs> this, of course, reminds me of Fuchs from uh, Barry, the show with Bill Hader. Steven Roos. But uh, absolutely <laughs> yeah. no. So this guy is sketching his own right. Uh, they were consulting on emergency services in Ukraine's second largest city. And through there, Giuliani apparently has made some kind of underhanded connections with uh, Ukrainian law enforcement f- officials. And that's why Trump is trusting him to look into Joe and Hunter Biden. This is such a sort of Trump half-baked scheme he's like oh rudy's got the he, he, he has he has had business in the ukraine like he worked with like a boxer 
So he should represent the United States government. Yeah. So, and also recently, Mike Pompeo has uh, stated that he was on the call that Trump made to Zelensky, and uh, so he can corroborate that it existed. I don't know why he would admit to this. It, Mike Pompeo is one of the weirdest people possible, but I have the minimum security clearance required. So I was also on the call, and I can confirm that it took place, and that um, Trump said, "Give me the dirt." It's uh, pretty clear that he didn't quite get that dirt. You have both Pompeo and Pence, who were both apparently had some role in the cover-up of these calls and other calls with, like, Vladimir Putin and shit, like they destroyed the records of the calls. (laughs) Yeah, I did see those stories come out. And, of course, there's also been a lot of speculation about who this whistleblower is and I'm sure recently a lot of people saw how, I guess, just scores of people were like trying to cancel their New York Times subscription because the New York Times published everything that they could find out about the whistleblower, which is like next to nothing. He, re- he apparently works for the CIA. I mean, surprise, surprise. He admits as much in the in the actual complaint. You know, it is funny to see this from the New York Times, like this aggressive search for this guy's identity, which to be honest with you, I don't really have a huge problem with it myself. Me either. <laughs> yeah, I. but it's funny when they're the ones who publish that f- fucking stupid ass uh, anonymous op-ed from like the White House official who's like, I'm just trying to do good work and uphold America, even though Trump is bad, but yeah. I'm good. No, and, and one thing I will say about the reading the complaint itself, this guy really tried to do everything to the letter of the law. A lot of it is, I mean, quote unquote hearsay. Like he, it's taken from his discussions with other officials at the CIA, but they are, I mean, it's not like completely pure fabrication. He really goes through as much of the rigmarole and uses as much of the, like the legalese as possible to make sure to show that he's trying to make this complaint, follow the letter of the law, follow the spirit of the law and not do anything wrong. I mean, this is not someone who's trying to bring down the U S government. He literally works for the fucking CIA. And it's just, it's more of like a pearl clutching, like for lack of a better word, lib who is saying basically like I Trump is endangering our great nation. So I have done everything I can to lawfully bring an end to it. Yeah, and as a a government contractor, not to out myself too much, I can tell you that um, I was in a meeting earlier this week where the a government employee um, ate grapes that were provided by a contractor, and we had to agonize over whether that abused the statute for contractors giving gifts to government employees. And they were like, do we have to apport report this to the fraud and abuse line because we're technically giving them gifts she ate all these grapes Mm -hmm. so the bar is very low for whistleblowers wow uh you heard it here first that's breaking news (laughs) grapes were had so of course none, none of this has stopped trump from apparently going off about the whistleblower i mean this has actually clearly gotten under his skin he even uh was like recorded saying something to the tune he says we used to deal with things like this a certain way when which 
I think he's clearly refer- referring to the Rosenbergs, who were these, you know, old Jewish people who were spies for the Soviets and were put to death, famously executed by after being prosecuted by Roy Cohn, who was Trump's old lawyer from back in the day in the 70s. It's clear that he's referring to them when he says that. And it's also clear that he like <laughs> this has gotten to under his skin and he thinks that he has like the ability to put this person to death or something. He th- I, I mean, what he's going to like string him up in front of a firing squad or who knows? Well, he's like, you know, you know, the punishment for treason is execution. <laughs> yeah, uh, well- he has been wet as hell. He's been just sogging like <laughs> just just his all of his his tie today was so long oh it was God. like really it was really something to see it blowing in the wind by the yeah. tarmac long face and long tie and the tarmac videos are the best but we'll we'll get into trump's insane reactions but i mean just like for more context for the listeners like what is the story that rudy is and trump are trying to unearth the claim is that joe biden got ukrainian prosecutor general victor shokin fired in order to prevent him from investigating Burisma Holdings, a natural gas company that is owned by this corrupt oligarch named Mikola Zlochevsky, who used to be Ukraine's ecology minister mm-hmm. under the pro-Russia regime of uh, Viktor Yanukovych, and which is amazing in itself. But uh, clearly, like that previous regime, Ukraine gets obviously is synonymous with like Many, like similar to many other, uh, you know, Soviet satellite states or former Soviet satellite states, is synonymous with like government corruption. But when it comes to that previous regime, it was purely basically a puppet regime for for Putin and for like the Russian interests. And th- this was the regime that Hunter Biden was friendly with. And uh, in real life, he did serve at, on the board of Burisma Holdings. Uh, he was collecting like 50K a month for a no-show job. And supposedly Joe Biden did try to get that prosecutor general fired, that being Victor um, Shokin. But this was because the prosecutor was corrupt and not inve- taking part in the Obama administration-backed and the IMF-backed anti-corruption push that they were trying to do in order to root out corruption at the time. So weirdly, I guess it, the the thing that's hard that's not getting through to people is that it's almost like he's asking, he's firing that guy for not investigating his son enough. I mean, it is, it does look bad that Hunter Biden was on Burisma Holdings, but I mean, we'll go into Hunter Biden later on. That's like far from the worst thing he was doing at that time. And if anything, Joe Biden would have basically been asking this guy to prosecute his son more heavily. It's not what Rudy is trying to act like it is. And I will say on that point of um, the children of powerful political families in the U.S. getting no-show board appointments, Chelsea Clinton is on the board of Expedia. She never... I mean, she gets paid more than Hunter Biden was for way less work. I doubt she has ever been to a board meeting. Chelsea Clinton seems like a kind of uh, legacy student who just gets high all day, eats Cheetos, maybe breastfeeds, and that's about it. But Expedia is is paying her out the wazoo for just being a Clinton. So, yeah, I would say Chelsea needs to be 
investigated as well if we're saying that this is a problem. But I guess the accusation also implies that the Ukrainians were buying favor with the Obama administration, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's And of course, it all leads back to Obama with these people. They're really mad that like a black guy became president. But either way, we don't really have any evidence that uh, Shokin was inve- actually investigating Burisma. He had a couple token statements saying that he was doing so. But at the end of the day, supposedly he was fired, not because he was, you know, protected or because he was going to look into Burisma and bring down Hunter Biden. He was fired because he wasn't doing enough about corruption. And we'll get into that later. But James Risen wrote about this for The New York Times years ago, and no one cared at the time. And then eventually the right wing started spinning just the, sh- the cr- literal shit out of this. What is hilarious is that a lot of what Rudy's been saying comes from a book by Peter Schweizer written about this. Peter Schweizer being the uh, being the author of Clinton Cash, which if you remember during the 2016 election was a big deal. It was all about all the dirty money that supposedly the Clintons have, you know, amassed. And this book was in this hilarious article today. Uh, it was exposed that it has a ton of plagiarized quotes from Wikipedia and other sources. Uh, <laughs> m- many sizable portions of them are verbatim or ner- near verbatim. I mean, it's clear that this book is not reliable, but it is forming like the basis of the Trump Giuliani push, uh, you know, to investigate Biden or whatever. You know, copying Wikipedia, you know, Wikipedia is for the people. It is a democratically (laughs) created. So anyone should be able to use the words of Wikipedia as their own because uh, we all uh, are contributors uh, just by being alive. And okay, so and of course, like the Biden family (laughs) is pretty sketchy. (laughs) Like, and Joe Biden is not really good at choosing his words correctly. Um, he apparent in at a Council on Foreign Relations event in 2018, he was discussing a one billion dollar loan from the IMF to Ukraine to combat corruption, like we were saying earlier. And here's the direct quote: "It's so fucking funny." He said, I, uh, nah, I'm not going to, or we're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said, call him." I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion." I'm going going to be leaving here in i think it was about six hours i looked at them i said i'm leaving in six hours if the prosecutor is not fired you're not getting the money well son of a bitch he got fired and they put in place (laughs) someone who is solid at the time (laughs) which like you know of course biden would say some dumb stuff like this in response to that hunter biden you know the the boy in in question apparently said dad i hope you know what you're doing (laughs) It's like the uh, righteous gemstones or something. (laughs) It definitely is. So, of course, Hunter Biden, the reason he is able to be scrutinized like this, the reason I think that we're going to see more people try to pick up on his extremely sketchy dealings over time, uh, he's basically a textbook like lobbyist senator's son. He worked at a bank, at a prominent Delaware bank for five years and became a lobbyist while still receiving consulting fees from the bank, which stopped once Joe Biden's bill, which made it harder for borrowers to seek bankruptcy protections from credit card debt, passed. Um, His consulting firm lobbied the Judiciary Committee that Joe Biden sat on 
for Napster when the committee took on piracy, which, of course, was a big issue back in the day. We all remember Metallica shedding a ton of tears about illegal downloads or whatever. I guess we're pro-Napster. I think I'm pro-Napster, yeah. I think that now the dust has settled, you know. Yeah. Who cares if Metallica, like, misses out on a couple album sales? They're all, like, multimillionaires, and they're hideous. Uh, No big deal. (laughs) But uh, either way, so Hunter lobbied Joe also for a u- earmark for UDEL, University of Delaware, as well as a $3.4 million uh, earmark deal sought by Obama for Hunter's clients before Joe Biden became his running mate. Like, none of this really looks good. Uh, he even had shitty investments in Iraq. Uh, his brother James uh was executive vice president at Hillstone International a construction firm which landed 1.5 billion dollars to build homes in Iraq in t- 2011 but never came to fruition uh Hunter then pursued business in Asia and Europe with Christopher Hines John Kerry's stepson and obviously in the like extremely wealthy Hines family which is the ketchup family. And of course that company makes a ton of other brands as well. He secured a real estate deal with Bohai Capital, which is a private equity firm and his Chinese investment vehicle, Bohai Harvest RST invested in a firm that developed facial recognition technology for the Chinese state. Uh, then, of course, coming back to like the time period that we're discussing when he started working for Burisma, the, just previous to that, Hunter Biden was discharged from the Navy Reserve after testing positive for cocaine use. Then he ends up on the board of Burisma Holdings. And since then, he's been doing even more shady stuff. He forced his business relationship with his uh, billionaire Ye Jianming to partner on a natural gas venture in Louisiana. Ye disappeared from public view when his deputy, Patrick Ho, was convicted of bribing China. Uh, government officials in Chad and Uganda in November 2017. Uh, most recently, Joe Biden or Hunter Biden has told the New Yorker that he lives on four thousand dollars a month and that he offered to pay his ex-wife thirty-seven thousand dollars a month in alimony and child support for ten years. And Rachel's here to tell you why that might be. <laughs> so uh, I have to admit, in high school, I was a big Joe Biden stan. Uh, I got really into the Obama campaign and I went door to door for them. And I would, when I was up for a Senate internship, I was like, I want to work for Biden's office. Then he was the vice president. So I was like, I want to work for his replacement, Edward Kaufman. And they were able to make that happen. But Hunter Biden is someone who is so fascinating to me as someone who loves reality shows and who also loves politics. Hunter Biden, his past, if he was a woman, he would definitely be on Real Housewives of Potomac with his messy personal life and divorces. This is a man, okay, who fucked his brother's widow, moved in with her, and introduced himself to his nieces and nephews as their new stepdad, then broke up with her because he may or may not have gotten another one pregnant. And wasn't that all over the course of like a month or something? Yes. It wasn't like a long relationship, right? No, 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 no. It was not a long-term relationship. It was uh, less than a year, if my dates are correct. He was in rehab for uh, crack cocaine. He was pulled over in Arizona when he was supposed to be going to rehab for having crack in his 
and a crack pipe in his rental car. But because his daddy's the VP, they were like, oh, we didn't find any fingerprints that proves it was Hunter that was smoking crack in this rental car. (laughs) And in the New Yorker profile that he himself opened himself up to, he admits that he was in rehab when he reached out to his brother Bo's widow um, to say, if I get clean, will you fuck me? And she said yes, and he divorced his ex-wife. It's completely messy, completely disgusting. And Hunter also said that he forced his father, Joe, to make a statement to the press supporting the relationship of him <laughs> being with his his dead brother's widow. And this is Bo. Like, the, the, the dead brother in question is Bo Biden, who... Joe Biden brings up like at every fucking moment possible to explain why he's against single payer health care or something like that. Like this is something that Joe Biden brings up all the time. And there's this disgusting history behind it. To quote the dad in Dewey Cox, Joe Biden completely believes the wrong kid died. He all of his hopes were pinned on Bo. And when he died of brain cancer, unfortunately, Joe was forced to have a relationship with his crack addicted son hunter as the surrogate you gotta mention the time that he uh had the two-week bender in los angeles (laughs) and and uh purchased crack from the homeless encampment after they put a gun to his head yeah, he literally went to Skid Row to buy crack. <laughs> and then he went back. Yeah, he's brave. I mean, com- you know, none of those doughy Trump kids would have done anything like that. Anything half as cool as that. No, they would just like snort some fentanyl. Yeah, and while he was in L.A., after buying crack off people in Skid Row, he met a South African yoga instructor named Melissa, who he married after knowing for a few days, and they got matching ohm tattoos. Tattoos. Um, and I read this in the Daily Mail, my favorite news source, but there's a woman in Los Angeles who specializes in same day marriages. Hunter called her at 4:30 before a 5 p.m. close of the business day and was like, I need to get married fucking today. He was like, I'll pay you whatever it costs. Just come to this lady's apartment because I'm in love with her. I need to get married. Doesn't sound like a drug addict behavior at all. Oh, definitely. Hunter is completely off the wagon. That's why he had to be discharged from the military. But... The, the woman, the officiant reports that she came to their apartment and then Hunter was like, oh, I have to talk to my dad about this and got in a screaming match with Joe Biden for over an hour where he was like, I'm marrying this random lady that I've known for four days. And then they had to pay her extra to wait for the hour phone call where Joe Biden was screaming at Hunter don't do this. You're an embarrassment to the family name. And then they did get married that same day. And this is like, didn't he know his dad was going to run for president and like he would be scrutinized? That clearly never factored in. (laughs) Even if his dad didn't run, he probably would have been scrutinized just because, you know, you're just a public figure by the nature of being the, you know, mid 40s son of a former vice president. But and Hunter has also Uh, been named in a paternity suit, I believe in Arkansas, 
um, of a woman who is claiming that he's the father of the child he had between dating his brother's widow and marrying the South African yoga instructor he had known for four days and got matching tattoos with. Well, there you have it. Hunter Biden, uh, a life in impulsive uh, pleasure. So the thing I don't get about this whole Rudy and Trump trying to find dirt on Hunter Biden is like, as we just revealed, there's plenty of dirt out there to be had. Like, you don't need to find this secret underhanded shit. Like, he's all he's out in the open doing 90 percent of this. Yeah. Hunter admitted to The New Yorker that he smoked crack. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, what more dirt do you need? Having said that. Uh, the, unfortunately they're, they're harping, unfortunately for them, they're harping on this story that is basically untrue. Back in May of this year, the Intercept published a really good takedown of the Joe Biden scandal or whatever, you know, the, the fake scandal. And it quotes Daria Kaleniuk, who is an American educated lawyer who founded Ukraine's anti-corruption action center, who corroborates the fact that Shokin was the prosecutor was forced out, not for, for not investigating corruption instead, not for investigating corruption. It wasn't like the Bidens pushed him out because they were going to, you know, bring down Hunter Biden's grift. They pushed him out because he wasn't doing enough investigation of corruption it sounds odd that joe biden as his son was working for verisma was encouraging this guy to look into more you know to get deeper into the corruption in ukraine but either way to be fair i mean the factions involved in this make this hard to debunk but weeks before hunter biden joined the verisma board in may 2014 ostensibly to quote unquote strengthen corporate governance Britain's Serious Fraud Office, which which is a great name, uh, had already frozen like $23 million of Zlochevsky, the former uh, ecology minister's assets in a money laundering investigation. And I'm going to quote from the article. The bad news for Biden is that the false nature of the allegation about his role in Ukraine won't stop Trump and his supporters from treating it like a major scandal, hoping to tarnish the Democrat currently leading the race to face him in the 2020 election. And since the setting for the supposed scandal is a part of the world few Americans have much knowledge of, it could be as hard to refute in the minds of voters as the attack on John Kerry's Vietnam War record launched by the Swift Boat veterans in 2004 or the weapons grade innuendo about Hillary Clinton's role in Benghazi generated by House Republicans. So even though this is based on a book by Peter Schweizer, which plagiarized from Wikipedia, I mean, this in concept with the fact that Hunter Biden has this long and sordid history of both business corruption and personal corruption, it is going to be something that like Joe Biden's going to have to deal with for a long time, even though it is almost entirely untrue. And I would say in Joe Biden's defense, in Joe Biden's defense, oh, God, I feel sick about saying that. But Hunter in his New Yorker profile was like, my dad would do anything to get me into rehab at the time, even potentially encouraging Ukrainians to in- investigate him for corruption. Hunter was completely coked up, fucking his brother's widow at the time. And I believe that Joe was like, please, I embarrass myself enough. Don't add to it. Yeah, and he and Hunter, I think up to, I mean, especially now, was always, especially when when Bo Biden was alive, was kind of the black sheep of the of the Biden children. 
He was the crack addict of the family, <laughs> if that's what you mean by black sheep. The crack sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Sam, you went to Tulane, which is the alma mater of Joe Biden's daughter with Dr. Jill, Ashley Blazer Biden. <laughs> Blazer being a, a very prudent middle name for her because she was smoking weed and snorting crack. Yeah, she she had a reputation on campus, but even when I was there, which is like years after the fact. But um, the blazer. But either way, so we don't really care about. It. We we've established the scene now. We're it's time for the man of the hour. It's Rudy Giuliani, folks. We need to go into a little bit about Rudy's bizarre. He is the greatest showman. He truly is. We we got to go into his bizarre history, his Trumpian showmanship, and his just absurd opportunism. I mean. <laughs> Dan, can you give us, uh, like, we have to start this off. I don't understand this clip of Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani in drag. You know, you're really beautiful. And a woman that looks like that has to have her own special scent. Oh, thank you. Maybe, maybe you could tell me what you think of this scent. I mean, it is, Rudy is in a dress. <laughs> I like that. This, this may be the best of all. Rachie is, I guess, seeing this for the first time. Have you never seen this? Oh, you dirty boy! You, oh, oh, oh my God! No! I don't think Donald, she had. I thought you were a gentleman. I don't think she oh, had. I mean, to be God. fair. Wow. So okay. It is you can't say I didn't try. Reasonable to react this no, way really. when faced with a clip by Donald Trump motorboating Rudy Giuliani in drag. So Giuliani's got fake tits and a dress and a wig. And he is, I, I, I mean, what, what is the bit? I can't even remember what the bit is here. I assume that they're selling mattresses or something. And this is from apparently like in two, back in 2000 when Rudy was still mayor of New York somehow. And no, and this wasn't like a, a bit for, I mean, there was no YouTube really, right? I mean, this was, this was pre-YouTube. No, I mean, you know, maybe they were ahead of the time, honestly. Like they, they were. We we know, we're gonna get into it later. I mean, Trump is a is an expert poster, and maybe this is the beginning of that. Who I I don't know what to make of this video at all. Very sex positive. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and uh, and gender queer. Rudy Giuliani is a sapiosexual. <laughs> yeah, and he's uh, and he's uh, you know, it's good transvestite visibility, I suppose. But uh, either way, more substantively. Rudy Giuliani is basically like New York's Donald Trump. That sounds like, oh, Donald Trump is New York. But like, I, I know exactly what you mean, right? It's that Rudy is is to New York what Trump is to like America at this point. Exactly. Like it's the, the parallels are pretty uncanny. He beat um, this. So New York got its first black man as mayor democrat david dinkins who was widely perceived as a liberal and uh rudy was mayor after him and rudy led a really disgusting like racist reaction against him for years he even led a police riot against dinkins in 1992 when dinkins had proposed some like quote-unquote liberal reforms um they then once he became pres uh, mayor, Dinkins or I'm sorry, uh, Rudy Giuliani took credit for the decline in crime that had already been happening in the 90s. 
Um, people were already starting to dislike Rudy and his obsession with being pro-police, his like Staten Island fetishization. He And then, of course, you know, the right wing received basically an adrenaline shot to the heart with 9-11, where Rudy basically took credit for defending, quote unquote, us from 9-11. He won Times Person of the Year. This is when he becomes mm-hmm. America's mayor, etc., uh, and he rebrands from like this moderate Republican to being a neocon kind of war hawk psycho with delusions of NatSec grandeur. He definitely wants to take a more national uh, position. He, he he runs for president once or twice. He he Giuliani's been dying to fucking get in there and fight the fucking terrorists. He's a dinosaur. Get revenge for nine eleven. Um. I don't know. His actions now, I guess it's funny that all liberals are waking up to the fact that he's a total fucking, you know, raving lunatic when really he's been kind of this way the, the whole time. You know, he's kind of just been like a a, a guy who goes uh, for the headlines in the media to try to spin the narrative when, you know, he doesn't really care about when he was married. He didn't really care about like transportation or you know like any any of the things that actually matter when you're mayor of New York. I will say that I think Giuliani's entire reelection or pay attention to me pitch is shot through the heart. Al Qaeda's to blame. You give love <laughs> a bad name. <laughs> Well, so I think it's even weird that liberals embrace Giuliani at all. I mean, I want to read this quote uh, from um, from Nat and Nick Hentoff recounting in 2016 uh, the riot that Giuliani helped lead against the reforms proposed by Dinkins in 1992. They said as many as 10,000 demonstrators blocked traffic in downtown Manhattan on September 16th. 1992 reporters and innocent bystanders were violently assaulted by the mob as thousands of dollars in private property was destroyed in multiple acts of vandalism. The protesters stormed up the steps of city hall occupying the building. They then streamed onto the Brooklyn bridge where they blocked traffic in both directions, jumped on the cars of trapped, terrified motorists. Many of the protesters were carrying guns and openly drinking alcohol yet all the uniformed police present did little to stop them. Why? because the rioters were nearly all white off-duty NYPD officers. They were participating in a patrolman's benevolent association demonstration against Mayor David Dinkins' call for a civilian complaint review board and his creation earlier that year of the Mullen Commission formed to investigate widespread allegations of misconduct within the NYPD. In the center of the mayhem, standing on top of a car while cursing Mayor Dinkins through through a bullhorn, was mayoral candidate Rudy Giuliani. Quote, Beer cans and broken beer bottles littered the streets as Mr. Giuliani led the crowd in chants. Wow. So this is your law and order candidate. <laughs> yeah, and then, I mean, after he he became mayor, uh, when Amadou Diallo was shot uh, over 40 times by uh, cops who thought he was reaching for a gun, I think he was reaching for a cell phone, uh, when Springsteen wrote a song called American Skin, 41 Shots, uh, Giuliani like condemned it. Oh, my God. 
that's a classic Republican move, honestly, a harbinger of times to come. The getting mad when like Bruce Springsteen, who is a champion of the working class, does not like Republicans. And I don't know, you so you see these same patterns. I don't know. He's I don't think he's a very complicated guy. He he really is uh very Trumpian uh, in the the way he was mayor. Like we said, he you know, he he loved the headline. He's a he's a real New York Post kind of guy. No, absolutely. Uh Sam, what do we have next in the chain here because I know later we're going to talk about some of Rudy's TV appearances. But we should probably talk about like your uh assessment of the situation in Ukraine. Yeah, I guess like since I mean, correctly, the people who are seizing on this Biden conspiracy are relying on the fact that most people probably don't know what anything about Ukrainian politics. And I am no expert at all. But just based on like my preliminary research into it, um, Ukraine is currently fighting against Russian backed separatists. Russia basically tried to annex Ukraine after they ousted their insanely corrupt former president um, Yanukovych in 2014. That guy was a base, like I said earlier, basically a, a russian puppet uh he was also paul manafort's former client which i believe we discussed on this show previously so yeah in in the call with trump Zelensky was asking trump to sell them anti-tank missiles obviously to fight these pro- these russian-backed separatists in the east of ukraine and trump was threatening to withhold sales of those missiles and other military aid uh if Zelensky did not find him dirt on Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and all that stuff. So in addition to trying to get dirt on Biden in Ukraine, uh, Rudy has been just all over Eastern Europe attending an economic, a pro-Eurasian economic union, Eurasian Week conference in Yerevan, Armenia, <laughs> speaking alongside sanctioned Russian officials. So obviously Russian officials are trying to like curry more a fa- favor with Ukraine and try to undermine Ukraine's fledgling state, which is led by Zelensky. Uh, he, Rudy was also paid by the former FBI director, Louis Fries Consulting Firm, which represents Romanian clients targeted by its own ongoing anti-corruption drive, which includes Liviu Dragnier, who was the former head of Romania's Social Democratic Party, who also recently went to jail for corruption charges. Um, it's hilarious the people who have agreed with Rudy. The the ex-prime minister from Viktor Yanukovych's regime spoke from exile in Russia recently, claiming that Hunter Biden is worth investigating. I mean, oh. so, like, the people who agree with Rudy are really, like, these, I guess, pro-Russia pro-corruption like <laughs> ghouls who were making a killing off of the prior regime and the current regime is seen as more friendly obviously to like obama or to i guess you know liberal democracy quote unquote whereas uh trump and his camp are trying to are basically playing into the hands of the previous regime at, which is supported by you know by russia and uh it, it goes to show when you see like all rudy's gallivanting across eastern europe get like drumming up all this all this insanity and um so yeah i guess that's just like a basic overview of like the politics behind this whole like scandal because we're only getting it from the u.s side it's funny that william barr has also been implicated in the whistleblower complaint 
Yes, absolutely. He actually like he he's not as sh- oh, as like overtly shady as Rudy is, but he's he's a seasoned attorney and he knows the system a little better than Rudy. And uh, apparently he had a role in suppressing the actual whistleblower's complaint in the first place. It was filed August 12th with the inspector general who waited two weeks to send it to the director of national intelligence on August 26th. By law, the acting uh, director of national intelligence, Joseph McGuire, should have turned the complaint over right away to the House and Senate intelligence committees. But he didn't. And instead, the Justice Department provided the DNI with a legal opinion saying that McGuire didn't have to turn it over. Over because it didn't involve a national security issue that fell within the purview of the intelligence committees. Oh uh, now, Barr apparently is he's mentioned by name on Trump's phone call with Zelensky, so he probably should have recused himself. But, you know, whatever. No one's going to ask him to do that. Uh, we also sort of saw this playbook when uh, William Barr kind of blocked the Mueller report from coming out in its entirety or like would only release redacted re- versions. And obviously that was like a huge deal. And lots of liberals were like, release Release the full report. <laughs> and there was the whole thing about how he he said it exonerated Trump. And then Mueller had to come out all like clammy and gray and say like, ah, actually, I, I didn't exonerate him. Yeah, actually, Trump did a lot of crimes, but I can't charge him with anything because I'm a pussy and he's the president. I, it, like, yeah, it was a really shameful display. But clearly Barr is kind of reusing these same tactics. Another guy involved in this is this uh, ambassador, Colt v- Kurt Volker, who supposedly set up contact between Rudy and Zelensky. This guy is bizarre. He's an unpaid volunteer who works on multiple outside projects, including a lobbying firm that represented the government of Ukraine for nearly two years after he became special envoy to Ukraine. Like, There's just so many conflicts of interest here. And then we also have Rudy uh, dealing with these, I guess you could call them henchmen. Uh, And I I think these names are really good, Sam. Uh, would Would you go into these two? Yeah, absolutely. So Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman. Uh, <laughs> Igor Fruman. Yeah, these are two guys. Uh, I think they were born in the Soviet Union, but now they're based in like uh, in Florida. And in 2018, they wired more than a million dollars to a bank account um, belonging to Parnas from a client trust account of a Florida lawyer specializing in real estate and foreign investments. Then they redirected $325,000 of that to a Trump-supporting super PAC without declaring the original source of the incomes. Uh, this is revealed in records and in interviews. I believe the, FE- the FEC is looking into this already because someone complained about it. Uh, Giuliani and other Trumpers are saying that the current Ukrainian administration faked this in order to make Trump look bad and swing <laughs> the election for Clinton, which is interesting. Uh, they also supposedly helped get meetings set up and encourage Rudy to investigate Hunter Biden, despite not being registered foreign agents. Um, Of course, they're also trying to sell natural gas in Ukraine. So for them, it's probably more of like keeping Burisma holdings, you know, getting rid of the competition as they do God's work and sell natural gas, which we all need. But uh, these guys just in general, they rule. Parnas worked for three stock brokerages that were shut down by regulators for fraud and other violations, over nine court judgments for failing to pay loans and other debts. One of them was called Fraud Guarantee, which helped people safeguard against fraud and other financial crimes. And it was evicted in, uh, evicted in 2015 for not paying the rent for its office space. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Fruman ran an export business that shipped goods to and from the United States and a hotel in Odessa, Ukraine, that was used as a hub for organized crime. One of his investments was a milk canning plant that was declared bankrupt <laughs> seven years ago over debts that reached nearly $25 million. Like These guys are just such fucking pimps. They are Ukraine. That is so Soviet, a milk canning plant. <laughs> no, these guys are like... A lot of these people are the kind of people who after, you know, after the Soviet Union fell and Russia and former Soviet satellite states experienced something like the 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 um they experienced like the highest decrease in like life expectancy in the recent like recently recorded modern world over a short period of time. And these are the guys who like a lot of it was this profiteering and that's like where I think a lot of these guys come from. Sam, uh it's one of the guys you mentioned has a name that sounds very similar to Fievel from an American tale. And I just, I mean, that's fraud. You cannot <laughs> lift your lane. You cannot lift your names from Fievel and American tale. Okay. That's uh, inappropriate. Yeah, that's the real so... crime here. Lev and Igor did go West <laughs> to Florida. He went way too West. In my opinion. <laughs> so either way, these these are the people who are who are at play here. I mean, Rudy is just knee deep in these insane like profiteers and I guess like literal probably gangsters. A lot of these people are, are actual like you know Russian gangsters and shit. And uh, what does Rudy do when he finds himself knee deep in this? He goes on TV and screams <laughs> incoherently. And hang on, it's not just any TV. He's going on Fox, baby. I have seen this man walk into the Fox News building. Yeah. I was, I forgot to mention this yet in the show, but I was in the fucking elevator with Rudy Giuliani not like a month ago. Tell us everything. Going up to work, and okay, I'm going to fucking spill some fucking tea right now. Um... Rudolph Giuliani came into my uh, elevator heading up to uh, my office where he uh, likely did a very early um, uh, crazed interview on this press tour. Uh, and he was speaking to some aide, uh, some assistant, uh, a, a woman who looked to be about uh, our age, maybe like 30. Uh, she... <laughs> Uh, she was mentioning something about how he couldn't trust X person and some the word like betray might have been used like like there was definitely talk of whatever is transpiring right now like I think that without saying it Rudy Giuliani exposed to me in the elevator not just his disgusting hair dye job mm -hmm which was the most obvious fucking, like, black dye I'd ever seen. Um, not his just, like, rotund figure. He's just, like, a Humpty Dumpty-esque man. Um, that he, there was talk of betrayal, espionage, um, uh, uh, intrigue. Yeah, and he's been beating this drum for a while. I mean, like, I think his first appearance on Fox talking about this was back in, like, May of this year but the real deal has been you know the last like few weeks i think it started with him screaming at chris cuomo on cnn yeah 
that was a great one because it, it was I think the interview was like 30 minutes and it was just just utter nonsense. Uh, let's let's drop in a clip here. And I guess we'll clip a couple of uh, a couple of choice uh, bits from Rudy's real uh, couple weeks of uh, whirlwind press tour. Uh. Former Mayor Rudy Giuliani, good to have you on the show. <laughs> I'm glad I'm on tonight because what you just said is totally erroneous. It is sad to watch what happened to you. It's sad. Sad to watch what happened to me. I'm a sellout. You are a sellout. You are tell telling you me why. that I'm a sellout. These who are standing up for two systems of justice. Oh, I'm Joe standing Biden up for two systems can of be justice. In, we're just repeating spin. The prosecutor. Oh, but but the you prosecutor, don't, right? You're not the, spinning anything. Go ahead. Pro, I'm not spinning a damn thing. Did you t ask the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden? No, actually, I did. So you did ask Ukraine to look into Joe Biden? Of course I did. Yeah, look, you should have your hand on your face. You know why? This is all a distraction from what I asked you for. No, it isn't a distraction, place, Chris. Which what is, you just said is totally is, wrong. What what do we make of Rudy's media appearances? Uh, we watched live as he spoke to Laura Ingram after the whistleblower complaint was out, and it's crazy to watch Fox News now. I mean, it is. I mean, it is just like a graveyard. Yeah, for the uninitiated, it's it's so crazy because I mean, we're not the kind of types who are watching Fox News all the time, but. If you think that it is unbiased in any way, like throw that sh that idea out the window. As soon as you like turn on the channel, it's like liberals are forcing a narrative on you, and the narrative is that Rudy Giuliani's crazy. Here's Rudy Giuliani to defend himself, and then he comes on. Like, what were some of the antics he pulled on that September twenty sixth? I want to say appearance on Laura Ingram that we watched together. He 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 kept saying that he should get an, a reward. He keeps saying that he is the real whistleblower and that he's bringing down the Biden family and he's the one who like is being unfairly persecuted. He at one point he said I can't look at Biden because he gets he gets a visceral reaction. I will compliment myself because I do a pretty good job for him and they try to destroy everybody around him, but they're not going to intimidate me. In fact, I'm going to work harder because I don't get intimidated by bullies. I don't get intimidated. I have a chapter in my book about standing up to bullies, but I never realized the depth of the corruption. I always thought Joe Biden was intellectually challenged, but a nice guy. I never knew the depth of this corruption. It's massive. It's shocking. And if I played a role in getting that out, I did a service to my country and I'm proud of it. And everything I did is defensible and everything I did is legal. He uh he believes that he could be killed by the deep state, like at any time. At any time, like 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 goons are gonna descend on him and just uh just take him out, and no one will ever know. And then later on, he was claiming that like he wasn't actually trying to that that Trump wasn't actually trying to dig up dirt on Biden, but that he was actually trying to get the like evidence of DNC collusion against Trump in 2016 In some other appearances. He said that the DNC was colluding against Trump in 2017. It's like, okay, well that's after the election. Why would they have done that? But uh, one of the best parts is when he did an impression of Mitt Romney, Rudy told, uh, told Laura Ingram that he told Bill Clinton that Mitt Romney is, uh, is, quote our Al Gore and then he did this bizarre robot impression before Laura Ingram like cut to commercial right away she literally says like hold that thought Rudy we're gonna be right back it's amazing how deferential people like Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity are to these 
people like Giuliani, just these like Trump like fools. Like but he's also been like he's also been fighting a little bit with Fox News because obviously there was that September nineteenth appearance on CNN with Chris Cuomo where. At first, he he first denies ta- asking Ukraine to investigate Biden. Then he like reneges on his denial, and he's all over the place. It's like thirty minutes of him arguing with Chris Cuomo, who is absolutely one of the dumbest people on TV at any given point. But um, at, at, on September twenty second, he retreated to Fox News to complain to John Roberts that Fox News is biased. And I'm like, yeah, they're biased in your favor, and you can't even like get a win on that network. Oh, yeah. And then let's drop in the September 24th clip where he tells uh, a fellow a fellow guest on Laura Ingram's show to, quote, shut up, moron. OK, I'm going to bring Rudy back in. Rudy, you've been listening to this conversation. Yeah, I sure have. And I'd like to say uh, to, go Mr. Ahead to, to I'd like Chris to say, Hahn. Mr. Hahn, I should sue you for libel because you irresponsibly oh, said. Oh, please. Yeah, well, you you actually usually say incredibly stupid things. You're a public figure. Yeah, and uh, by the way, do you have any idea that the State Department... So then you ad- know the libel okay, law. Hold on. Shut up, Rudy. Moron. Rudy. Shut up. Okay, hold on. Shut up. Hold on. You don't Everybody. know what you're talking Ooh. about. Chris, Chris, You don't know Chris, what you're talking Chris. about, idiot. I do. The State... No, you don't. You just Mr. lied. Mayor, I wish you would stop. <laughs> that is a New Yorker. Oh, absolutely. I mean... I feel like in another world, like maybe Rudy thinks that like he could have been Trump because we, as we said, his political tra- trajectory in New York was similar to that of Trump's national trajectory. I do feel a little bit like R- Rudy feels like he has been robbed. Like any sort of power f- guy who got like a taste of power and then decided he wanted to be president. You know, I, I do feel like, yeah, there is a chip on his shoulder about that. It is interesting to see the split at Fox News, the sort of like, uh, there seem to be some uh, straight news hosts in the middle of the day who don't want to talk to Giuliani and, you know, the opinion hosts like Fox and Friends, like Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, like they love just having like, you know, administration talking points, uh, you know, spewed at them. What is also so funny about this is the Biden campaign wrote a letter. It's all the media organizations saying, could you please stop booking Rudy Giuliani because he is untruthful. It's like, yeah, I, it's good luck having that, <laughs> you know, good luck having them follow that. Yeah. I would say to the Biden campaign, I mean, the damage has been done. You can plead with these networks as much as you want to keep, Biden off or to keep uh, Giuliani off the air, but they're not going to do it. And like I said, I mean, the, the damage has been done and it's going to be hard for, but Biden's going to be hearing about this nonsense for the rest of his campaign. But I don't know. So do you want to go into some of these other like absurd appearances that he's made? Like, I mean, he made this uh, entirely unhinged phone call to, to a reporter at the Atlantic where he said, uh, it's impossible that the whistleblower is a hero and I'm not, and I will be the hero. These morons, when this is over, I will be the hero. I'm not acting as a lawyer. I'm acting as someone who has devoted most of his life to straightening out government. Anything I did should be praised. 
Um, he eventually like unleashed a rant about the Bidens, Hillary Clinton, the Clinton Foundation, Barack Obama, the media, the deep state. Like his brain has been completely broken. And he's just such like an old man with his like fucking giant iPad and his texts, the the size of his uh, letters and his texts oh, yeah. are so gigantic. Yeah, when you were like, talking about when he was on Laura Ingram on the on September twenty sixth. And he was he kept being like, like, look at the look at the text. He claimed he was like he he that he was trying to show texts from Volker, <laughs> the uh, the special envoy to Ukraine that was were supposedly asking him to inve- to investigate Joe Biden or something. And uh, a big part of his narrative has been that like the deep state is asking him to go and uh, discuss all this stuff with Ukraine and they're, they're really concerned apparently about like Hunter Biden. That's like a very pressing issue for the department of state, but uh, he, he really won't let it go. And he was on Lori Ingram with like the, on the iPad with like the 900 point font trying to like show the text to the camera. He even demanded that to see Joe Biden's text. He's like, pull up Joe Biden's test. It's not as good as mine. All this stuff. I mean, he's really going crazy. But yeah, just recently, the Washington Post reported that he talked to Paul Manafort in jail through his like attorney. Uh, he also told CNN, "Awesome, I know, like what a duo, him and Manafort, the, the Ukraine boys." But he also told CNN that he gave Mike Pompeo like, an outline of documents filled with allegations against Biden, which went to when the House got them, they were just like completely concerned because they're all just baseless nonsense. Yeah. And not to mention like Giuliani's like defense of himself, which like he's been subpoenaed, like like, you know, his his like legal uh you know uh involvement with this is just beginning. Like um he uh claimed that on uh, Sean Hattie's show that because he owned a little cottage and a little car that he's bad at being like a criminal. Yeah. He's clearly trying to pretend that he's done nothing wrong in all of this and that he's like this blameless crusader for truth and justice, trying to bring down the evils of the Biden campaign. Um, he also even has he texted Elena Plot of the Atlantic saying that he and Trump are suing the swamp, quote unquote. And he even said he he tweeted just or he texted that her just Trump v the swamp. And of course, George Soros, the you know the boogeyman of the right. Uh, you know his name has been invoked by Giuliani as uh, a reason why uh, he is being uh, you know getting in trouble over this yeah it's just been a whole parade of rudy just going off embarrassing himself on tv and um and for what like i i don't understand what's going on with all this as we said you if you want to bring up dirt on the bidens it's really not that hard to do especially in the court of public opinion i don't think anyone thinks that they're like necessarily good people unqualified like i i I don't know necessarily what's going on with rudy i feel like this is he thinks that this is his moment he was robbed he should have been able to be like trump he should have gotten the nomination he should have become president after being mayor of new york or whatever and this is his way that he thinks he's gonna like gain this national stage but honestly like he's just embarrassing himself and uh and i'm here for it and, you know, it seems like he's, you know, 
uh, handcuffing himself to the sinking ship here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's he's going he's going down with the ship on this. He is not. He has no intention of abandoning this beat. And I mean, he's learning from the best. Apparently, I mean, Donald Trump also remains undaunted. Uh, even just the other day, he was outside talking about how he wants like Ukraine and China to investigate the Bidens. He's, I mean, it's either like he doesn't get it, or he never understood it, or he has forgotten that that's like the thing he's in trouble for right so people are saying like oh if this was a whistleblower saying he asked china to investigate the bidens it would be like a week of news but because he himself says it what do we do if he's just saying it it's like i don't know which is why i really think like impeachment whether he actually gets removed or not is a great thing to do I, i can't think of uh you know, rather than just like bloviating about some palace intrigue in like, you know, just like Adam Schiff doing like endless news cycles and like Pelosi just like declaring him like this ex- existential threat, but then just doing fucking nothing and like blocking all the calls for impeachment. And like, it seems like it's finally happening. And like, this is a great thing. Uh, Alex Perrine had a great piece in the New Republic about this, how the goal of impeachment should not even be impeachment itself. No, and I mean, there's plenty of a lot. A lot of I think the like centrist politicians are trying to make this into let's just impeach Trump for this Ukraine stuff, because that's what people can understand. They can't understand the other stuff. It's like, no, anyone can understand Trump's long and sordid history, uh, even like the Mueller report stuff, I think people have a handle on. Like they can understand the wide variety of things that he's done in his as as president and as a private citizen that are completely illegal. And I don't think that narrowing the scope just to Ukraine is a good idea. I do agree with Alex Perrine on that. And if you look back at like what they did with Nixon, it was hundreds of hours of aired on television of all like the legal bombing of Cambodia and like all the stuff that Nixon did, not just the Watergate break in. So there is precedent for this. Like this is the effective way to go. So I don't know, like impeachment is definitely the way, definitely the right course of action and making it broad and focus not just on the Ukraine stuff, but on everything that he has been going wrong since he became president, everything illegal he's done from, you know, having people like, Curry favored him by staying at Trump Hotel, not divesting from his businesses, all this stuff. Like, that's what should be on the table in addition to this Ukraine stuff. Hopefully, the Ukraine stuff is just puts fire under the asses of the people who actually need to pull the levers to make this happen. But there's no reason just to limit it to that. And something undeniable about this is he has been increasingly erratic. He is looking like shit. He is tweeting like he's never tweeted before. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Nickelback thing. I where, love the Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to. We're not going into that. Any other notable posts? He, I think he called at like shifty Adam shift, <laughs> which I, I have to say that's 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 a good one. He uh, he uh, one of his best ones was when he said the do nothing Democrats should be focused on building up our country, not wasting everyone's time and energy on bullshit in all caps. (laughs) (laughs) 
And you know what? Fuck you, Dan. I am going into the Nickelback thing because it's hilarious. Uh, so Nickelback has a song called Photograph. Here's a clip. Look at this photograph. And in the video for this song, Chad Kroger is holding up a photograph and the he shopped on, or not him, obviously Trump didn't do the Photoshop job, but uh, whoever made this video shopped in a photo of Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and Mikola Zlochevsky, that very uh, ecology minister under the pro-Russia regime of Yanukovych, who was uh, who owned Burisma Holdings, the company that Biden worked for. And say what you will, obviously this conspiracy theory we've been talking about is mostly made up, but it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I like it's bleak. But only because I do have this, like, underlying feeling that he will escape all punishment and, like, he's just, like, like, like he's just, like, his life is just one big, like, unearned victory lap. For sure. But you can rest assured knowing that one victory has been scored against the president. Nickelback uh, totally... complained about their unlicensed use of their song photograph and if you try to look at that trump tweet it will gives you the message this media has been disabled in response to a report by the copyright owner (laughs) so with that maybe that's a harbinger of of times to come and uh the fact that trump will be brought to justice finally would you say chad kroger is a chad (laughs) The uh, Chad Chad to the Virgin Donald Trump. Yes, I would. Oh, and this is uh, this is the last recording before the Joker movie slayings <laughs> <laughs> that are obviously coming. Man, I, I have to say, I would not have seen that movie if people didn't make such a big deal about it. It does make six sense. fucking weeks of this. I know. We I kept thinking the movie was like coming out like any day, and then when that whole like absurd uproar about the film started up a few weeks ago and i found out that it wasn't coming out until like it's still as of recording it still is not out i mean it's just ridiculous it makes me want to go see it and i would never have said that like i thought it was gonna be the shitty like gritty joker reboot but here i am saying i'm gonna go see it to to own somebody i don't even know why it looks i I, I don't know. It looks good. It looks at least as good as Venom. It, okay, sir. Uh, Venom was the best movie of 2018. <laughs> I will not hear it. Cut anything. my mic. Cut my mic. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, the podcast ends with me having cut everyone's mic. It's just me, folks. This is the Sam show from now on. We're doing a rebrand where I just talk about Venom all day and how it's my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs>